Hi everyone, welcome to the podcast fam. My name is Shalston Nicole. Um, This is going to be a podcast where we just talk about our life, our journey, and talk about different topics. Um, So I was going to do a whole introduction video, but I wanted to just get right into it and just start talking about my topics. So my first topic is going to be my beef with public school. Now the school year is starting back and um, it's that time where you have to try to figure out what are you going to do. And um, your only options is like public school, charter school, private school, and then homeschooling. Um, I know that I don't have the means nor the resources right now to do homeschooling and I know that it would be a lot on me right now. Um, But that is something that I'm looking to do in the near future. Private school, low income, not going to be able to provide, be able to um, do the um, private school. Um, Charter school is kind of like you have to do the whole school choice thing. And it seems like everybody is running from their home school. So it seems like you don't get a chance to get in those really good schools. So, I mean, so you deal with your home school, your public school. So that's what we're going to talk about today. The goal is to find a school that is like very diverse, that has people speaking multiple languages from different backgrounds, different cultures, different ethnic um, backgrounds. That's like the perfect like dream, right? But that's not the reality. The reality is that you're either going to go to a school that's all black, a school that's all white, or a school that's maybe all Hispanic with a few whites, with a few blacks mixed in, or what have you. Just depending on the the community that you live in, that is what it's going to be like. Um, um, that's what I've noticed anyways. It's, um, schools, I think, are the only section of, only system that's really still segregated to this day. You can go read multiple articles about how you know, people split away from a certain school district because of whatever, and they go create their own little little schools or what have you. And so we create this thing where it's everybody is the same in one school. It was like that, like that for me growing up, and it's going to be like that for my kids because of the neighborhoods that we live in. Um, I grew up in the South Fulton area of of Georgia. And so my all of my schools are always all black. Right now we're in DeKalb. I went from a South DeKalb school where it was all black to now we're in North DeKalb where it's a little bit more diversity. The only problem is now we don't have a good representation of people that look like my son. And um, I remember seeing this very popular um, tweet that said that, you know, that all white private school or whatever is not the perfect solution for your um, black child or something along those lines. I'm paraphrasing here. Um, And the problem with that is these urban schools, these schools in our neighborhoods are not good for our children either. So where do we go to make sure that we have a happy medium and make sure that our kids are seen, heard, valued, and cared for in the public school system without having to shell out a whole bunch of dollars to make sure that that happens? And um, for low-income people, it's like, We're the ones that get the short end of the stick because we would love for our kids to have the best education as well. But we wouldn't know how to, we don't really, a lot of parents don't know how to advocate for that. They don't have the money or the means and the resources to go to that private school 
to, you know, have to bus their kids to another school and things like that. So it's just about um, having to deal and put up with what you have, but also knowing that you can advocate for better. Okay, so now that we know that these schools are still segregated and we know that we just kind of have to put up with what we have to put up with until we're able to do better, right? So the thing with that is we're going to, in the meantime, while we're waiting for better, trying to get better, trying to get our resources together, all of those things, we're not going to just sit up and be quiet. We're going to start advocating for our children in these schools because they need us to. Our babies need us to protect them. They need us to advocate for them. Okay, so one of the biggest things that I have learned in the school system is that they do not care about the whole child, okay? They might only care about what your child can do on paper. Can your child read? Can your child write? What kind of math problems can they do? But they do not care about the emotional, mental, any of those needs of a child. Those things are being forgotten in public school. And I'm going to talk about this in a later episode when I talk about my son's mental health um, crisis. So we're not going to get off topic here. Um, Another thing I've noticed that they do not want to tell you that boys and girls learn differently. All students learn differently. And the thing is, they would like to put all of children in a box. They want them all to be a group, fall in line, let's be little soldiers and things like this. And that's not realistic. Our children all learn differently depending on who they are, okay? You want these little boys to just sit down in a classroom for six hours a day and drill information into their head, not realizing that they need to move around, they need to be active. And just because he needs to move around, he needs to be a little active, doesn't mean that you need to go ahead and put a label on that child. It means that you might need to find another way to work with that child in your classroom. That you don't need to just give him away, okay? You need to work a little harder to see what's going on here. So, um, and I know teachers have such an incredible job to do. We all know this. They will tell you this. They don't, we know that they don't get paid a lot. We know they're doing the million of jobs of many. We know this, okay? And so as parents, we have to come in and we have to realize that we have a place in the school system, okay? We have a place to advocate for our children. We need to start being present. We need to be at these PTA meetings. We need to be at these board meetings. We need to be in these classrooms, We need to be actively involved. And if you can't be actively involved, send a representative on your behalf because our kids need us. They do not have voices. We are our children's voices. We communicate their needs. Okay? So we can't sit here and put all of this on the school system. We need to play an after part as well. We need to learn how to educate our kids. We need to learn how our kids think, how our kids understand information. That way, when we go to the meeting, we're like, okay, well, you tried this method um, in your classroom with my child. And um, at home, I realized that he doesn't learn that way. This is the way that he learns. Have you tried this? Okay. So it's important for you to learn how to advocate for your children while they're in school. Okay. That is our job. That is called being a parent. Okay. So I know that sometimes... um, 
things could be overwhelming, especially um, when it's a lot of information presented towards you. Everything that the school system presents to you when you are freshly new to it, it sounds good, okay? They're like, oh, we're going to do this with your child. We got a plan for your child. We're going to do all of these things, X, Y, and Z, okay? So be careful with that. Okay, be careful signing paperwork regarding your child. Be careful letting them put labels on your child. Make sure to always get a second opinion. Know that they don't always have it right. Sometimes putting a label on your child is easier than actually getting to the root of the issue. So we put a label on there. Now we're out of the equation and we don't have to try anymore. That child is ADHD. We don't have to work any harder. We're going to go ahead and put them on medicine and we're going to close that chapter and that's going to be the end. That's not how that works, okay? You're not going to sit here and put a label on my child and think that I'm just going to sign away the paperwork. There will be no labels until I get three or four opinions and we make sure that this is factual and correct, okay? So you have you have options. You don't have to sit up here and take what these doggone schools give you. You don't. Get that second opinion. You have people in your community that will help you advocate for your children. They have educational lawyers for a reason. Look up the ones in your area. If your child is already on a plan, an IEP plan, they should be accommodated according to that plan. And if your child is not getting the necessary accommodations, you guys need to have another meeting. And this time when you have the meeting, make sure you have an advocate there with you that will help you speak the terms that they speak. So you don't sit up here and be tricked into signing away certain things for your children, okay? So knowing that they don't always have it right, that you need to be a voice for your child. Do not let them just put any label on there. Realize that sometimes they do labeling just so they're lazy. I don't understand how everybody, like, just now just throwing so many labels at kids. We haven't even given them a chance to be who they're going to be. That thing called the kindergarten burnout is real. That happened with my child. Why in the heck is kindergarten this hard? What are we doing here? Kids can't even play. They're coming home with three and four assignments, okay, after a long day. And you guys wonder why they don't want to learn, why they, they are mentally stuck, why they're overwhelmed, why they're anxious, all of these things. But the schools have made them this way. And it's, on, and it's on us as parents to sit there and be like, okay, hold up. Enough is enough. Okay, we got to advocate for our babies. We got to make sure that they have a voice and that we're active in the learning process. Okay, so we got to be there and stand up for our kids because they need us there. I have boys. I have two boys. I have one boy that's in the school system. He'll be going to second grade. Okay, so we're going to go and delve into this thing. Boys and girls learn differently. I don't care who tried to tell you that that's a lie, that's a myth. Go Google it right now. You'll find millions of articles, okay? So one thing that I see here, it says girls tend to tend to mature a little faster than boys, developing language skills sooner and giving them the edge over boys in reading, writing, and speech. While boys are lagging behind girls on writing assignment, they're often ahead in math and science. Right? So we can read things like that. But in the school system, because your little boy is not reading, by the time he out of kindergarten, they have prepared a prison cell for your little boy. And it's important for us as parents to realize what is happening when they stick these labels and they stick these statistics on our children. Okay? Our children, black children, are getting disciplined even more in the school systems, okay? So we have to learn how to 
how to fundle through all of this and advocate for our children and realize sometimes it's just ain't they fault. Sometimes it's the school. And, um, you know, it's crazy to even say that because you need to be like, okay, is this an issue with you or is this an issue with the school? We need to start getting to the bottom of it. We need to start realizing that the schools don't always have it right. Okay. Just, they're not an authority. You know, your children best. You're with your children. You should know your children. You should know how they think, how they learn, how they behave. You should know when things are not of your child. And you should be weary of people telling you that your child is aggressive. Your child is a problem. Your child is this. Your child is that. You got to be like, oh, hold up now. I know this child. I'm with this child. And not saying that children don't act differently at home and at school. We all know that too. But what is happening in this environment that's making my child act this way? What is going on before that moment that made him overwhelmed, that made him a little emotional? What teacher frustrated him this morning and made him feel like that he wasn't um, as superior as his peers? Okay, because let me tell you something. When your child is not able to read, they do signal out those children. They do feel different. And it does make them feel like they're not as smart as their peers. And they feel like they just want to give up. I know because I have a child in this situation, okay? I know because I've been there with my child. I know because I've had to advocate for my child. And me advocating for my child made them send defects to my home. So understand that I understand what's going on here. And I understand how scary it is to go against system. How scary it is to, you know, speak up against a system that is so big. But understand your voice is needed. Okay? They need all of us to band together because... We are stronger together. We are, okay? And they need to hear our voices in the school system, okay? They don't need to keep labeling our children. They don't need to keep giving these kids IEP plans and not giving them any accommodations, not making sure that their needs are being met. How you give a kid a plan and then just that's it. You don't make sure that nothing is going according to the plan. You don't make sure they get on any other reading level, okay? Like they said, most of our black boys are on the third and fourth grade reading level. And that's all the way until they get into high school. That is a problem. And it starts now. It starts at elementary school when they when they label our children. They label them now. They go off their sec their third grade test score to see if they're if they're gonna go to prison. That school to prison pipeline is real. We got to advocate for our children. We got to especially advocate for our black boys. This is the first system that's going to do them wrong. Before the doggone prison system, the school system was there. Okay? The school system is their first prison system. And we got to make sure that these systems can't have our children. It's important that um, that we start to um, notice what's going on in public schools today. But I've talked enough about what's going on in the school systems now. So we need to be at the board meetings when we see things being presented. We need to start writing people. We need to let them know that, you know, our children need mental health services. Our children need a reading clinic, you know, where somebody can come in and really be with our children either after school or sometime and really get our children on a reading level. I want to start developing a program actually where I have like a reading clinic or something after school the kids can come to. I can help those kids that are like my son and help them get on grade level because the programs out here that's going to help your child get on 
grade level, they're like $2,000 a month. And if you're already low income, you don't have $2,000 a month. These public schools, if they cared about our children, they would do more to make sure that they're prepared for the real world. We need to make sure that these schools start to really um, provide real-life solutions for our children so when they leave high school, they're prepared for the world. Um, I've been listening to Kwame Brown, and he's so right about making sure that trade schools, coding, all of those things are in the school system. It's going to be beneficial for our children so they don't feel like that, you know, that they're lost out here, that there's nothing else for them to do. There's so many different avenues that kids can take, and we need to make sure that we're preaching that to these children while they're in public school. For example, I had coding when I was in high school. But instead of them telling me, hey, go get your A-plus certification, I would have been weighed on my way instead of going to college. But they didn't tell me that. But we could tell the young kids this, okay? We could prevent a lot of these things, okay? And we could start to um, providing real-life solutions for them, starting to make sure that we talk about credit, all types of things that we need to talk about in school so they're prepared for life. That's what schools should be preparing them for. But schools seem to be preparing our kids for prison, not life. It seems to prepare them for, I don't even know what they're preparing the kids for. Like, I look at some of the curriculum, I'm like, what are, what, what are we going to do with this later? Like, what are, what are you going to use that for? You know, the things that I wish I would have learned in, in school, you know, and they didn't teach us. It's like all that stuff that we learned, I'm not using it today. So can we just provide useful things for children? And um, I'm not sure how we can coach that to like our local school system to see can we get those types of programs included um, in the curriculum. I'm not sure how all of that works, you know. So, But we have to band together and figure that out. I need a team with me so we can figure out how to make all of this happen so we can make sure that the public schools in our low-income areas and our um, in our certain neighborhoods are just as good as the ones on the other side of town that's across the tracks. Our kids should be on the same levels as those kids, okay? There's no reason why our kids should be treated differently just because of where they come from. So that's another thing that happens in the school system. It's something called bias. And you would be surprised that people that look like you, black or whatever, they have bias towards your children based on the neighborhood that you live in. And I think a lot of teachers need to learn how to check their bias at the door and know that they're dealing with children that are innocent in a situation. It doesn't matter if that family is homeless. It doesn't matter if that family is poor. It doesn't matter if that mom comes to school with a bonnet on, the dad comes to school with a do-rag on. None of that matters. That child is innocent, okay? That child is there to learn. And so once we, you know, realize that, and we also have to realize that our children are going through so much in these neighborhoods that they can't even focus on school. So how, how do we help the kids in those um, communities be able to better focus. How can we tell them to leave their problems at the door and just learn when their problems is, you know, going to be on their on the forefront of their mind every time that they work? So it's kind of like there's so much that we have to do, so much that we have to work on that it's not just a public school thing. It's not just a school system issue. It's just a community issue. We got to band together as a community. We got to get together as parents we got to do better for our children because they are innocent they need our voice and we got to advocate for them so um
There's so many unique issues happening in the school system today. Let's talk about my issue with my son, Raylan. Um, I haven't really went into detail about it. My son went from a South DeKalb school. That's one of those, you know, it was in one of those rough neighborhoods, all black school. Most of the kids were low income, you know, Title I school, all those little, you know, titles they put on our schools. Um, so you went from a school like that to a school in a totally different area. It's a STEM school. So, um, and most of the population is white, Hispanic, all of that. You know, they have different cultures there. This is a school choice school, but this was a school that's, um, that we were district for. Anyways, um, so as soon as we got there, about in a week, they were like, your child is not prepared for our first grade program. And it's sad to say that their first grade program was so much harder than the school that we just left. There was no way that Rayla could keep up. So we ended up having to keep him back in kindergarten. It's one of the worst um, decisions that I made as a parent. And this is why I'm making this um, episode. Because um, I didn't properly advocate for him at first. I let them do what they did. And I kind of let them tell me about my child when I knew better. I knew better, and I let them do this to me. Um, so that's why I'm telling you this to prevent that happening to your child. We did go back in kindergarten, and I've been fighting with them since we made this decision. My son is not on the IEP plan because I I fought tooth and nail to make sure that I could get different recommendations, um, make sure I understood the processes and understood what that meant when my child got an IEP plan, um, when they diagnosed him with stuff, who he's going to see. My thing is this. I don't want to use anything that the school is using. Everything that I'm going to do is going to be an outside resource, and y'all just going to have to be mad. But um, I tell everybody to do that. Get a second, get a third, get a fourth opinion. Okay, these school systems just got to put a label on there. They have to. They're so overwhelmed. They're so overworked. It's so much easier to say, oh, this child has that. Let's give him his medicine. Let's go put him in a special class. We don't have to do no work. You're going to do some work with my child. We're going to figure out the root cause and see what's really going on. You're not going to sit up here and be lazy and put a label on my child because you just don't want to deal with him. We're going to figure this out together. And so my child still hasn't been labeled. Um, I really have advocated for him. I have filed complaints with the school system. I mean, they're so mad at me. They send defects to my house. That's what I was telling you guys in the, um, earlier in the episode. Um, so you, when you fight these systems, they're going to come at you with everything that they got. That um, you have resources. You have lawyers. You can fight things. You can advocate for your children. Do not go down without a fight, okay? Um, if you know that there's something wrong with your child, but you're not quite sure what's going on, um, you can get a psychologist. You just have to look around for resources and figure out what's going on with your child. If they say your child is ADHD, you can go to your doctor. Your doctors have the resources that will help you pinpoint what's really going on. Um, I'm going to actually do this in the later episode and I talk about Ray in a, in a different episode. I'll talk about it. But just know that um, you can fight and you can advocate. 
And once you do have a, once you do have an answer about what's going on with your child, once you do have that IEP plan, make sure that your child is getting what they need out of that plan. Know that there are certain accommodations that they can make. You can get your teacher switched if you feel like the teacher that your child has is not the proper teacher for your child, which is in a lot of cases that happens. You can do that. Um, you can talk about how to make the work a certain type of way for your child. Um, your child can have um, a chance to go sit somewhere else outside of the classroom. If they need a little time alone. I'm telling you, you guys can really work this plan in your favor to make sure your kids have the best education possible. So it's important that we do that so your children are not overwhelmed, so they're not frustrated and they're not so frustrated and overwhelmed that by the time they get to middle and high school they don't even want to deal with school they ready to go and they're going to drop out because they've been dealing with this for so long so make sure that you are there to carry that burden okay so they don't have to carry that alone and um just know um advocating for your child doesn't mean you got to go up there cussing them out and stuff like that you know you can be respectful and tell them that i don't agree with your findings I believe that it's something else. I see my child do this at home. I notice that he does things like this. Is that something that you've noticed with other children? Do you have a name for that? I notice he's this type of learner. Have you tried this type of method with him? So just know that you can present those questions and figure out how they got to their findings. How did you find out he was this way? Because he wouldn't sit down in the classroom? Well, I mean, he's five. Who wants to sit down all day? I don't want to sit down all day. What five-year-old want to sit down all day and hear you talk? I'm just saying, let's be real here. We all want to jump up and down, dance, skip, have a good time. But we also know there's a time we got to sit down and be serious. But just know that we all need that little bit of time when we're working for a long period of time to get up, stretch our legs, eat a cracker, you know, drink a sip of water. We all have those times. And um, another thing you have to realize is that these school systems, or some of them have such big classes that your kid really will get swallowed whole by the system if you let them. Make sure that they keep eyes on your child if you can and work with your child as much as you can at home. Don't expect for the school system to be the only one working. You as a parent have to work just as hard with your child. You have to find those resources that they won't find for your child, whether that's a psychologist, whether that's mental health services, whether that's learning services. You might look up, ask them on your Facebook, hey, does anybody have some resources where they know how to teach a kid how to read? And they like, oh, I know someone. And that person might can come to your home and help your child learn how to read if you're not able to do it. So it's just about having a community. We each have to help one another. We're not in this alone. You know, so we have to get back to that community feel of things. Each one to help one, teach one, all of that. We all got to build together. We all need one another. So I'm going to end this podcast by saying that. Let's be a community again. Let's start advocating for these children. We got to be their voice. And we got to start raising questions. And we got to raise a little hell too while we're at it. We are the podcast fam. And I'm going to bring my son Raylan on for the next episode so he can talk about public school from his perspective. And that should be interesting. So you guys stay tuned for that. Thank you for listening to us today.